Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman and I am your host today. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before I introduce today's guest and go into the episode, I just wanted to reiterate the contest that I have going on at the moment, which is a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card. Now, how can you enter this contest? Step one, make a review on the Apple Podcast app of the Next Level Minds podcast. If you don't know how to do that, it's fairly simple. Number two, screenshot the review once you make it and email that screenshot to nextlevelmindspodcast at gmail.com with your name in the subject line. After that, you'll be entered into the contest and the winner will be announced at the end of June slash early July for that $50 Visa gift card. So on to today's guest and episode, sitting down with Paul Rogers, who is an author, speaker, thought leader, podcast host, and mentality coach. Paul has a crazy traumatic story. He went through an insane situation, something that I've never really heard before and learned so much from it. He's still on the recovery side of it, but each day, Paul is filled with an extreme amount of gratitude and positive perspective. So on this episode, we walk through his traumatic experience, what he learned from it, how he's recovering, and then we just take a deep dive into you know, proper gratitude techniques, mindset techniques, and things that you guys can implement on a daily basis. I've learned so much from Paul just from a few conversations, so I'm sure you guys will as well. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. And as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Paul, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down on the Next Level Minds podcast. How's it going today? Uh, it's really good, my friend, and uh, thank you very much for the invite. It's great to be here. Yeah, definitely. I know we were talking a little bit off, off air. Uh, what's the weather like in your neck of the woods right now? Do you know what? Um, we, we had the un- UFO today. We had the sun here, and uh, I did, wasn't too sure what it was, but uh, I, I kind of worked out it must have been the, the sun. <laughs> yeah, kind of snuck up on you there, right? I did. We had snow two days ago, so that would just give you an indication. Yep, yep. And uh, what area are you going to get and remind the listeners? Yeah, um, I'm in Quebec, right on the American border with Vermont, so about an hour and a half outside of Montreal. Yeah, I think I would die up there. My, my warmest jacket can probably only survive 40-degree weather, I think. <laughs> I think I think we as Canadians huddle around the American border for warmth. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I love it. 
Well, um, again, thanks again uh, for, for sitting down with me today. And, you know, I really want to, you to walk us back. And I briefly introduced you, you know, best-selling author, thought leader, podcast host, speaker. Obviously, you've gone through a, a very traumatic experience, but I would love if you could just kind of take the listeners back and everyone could just get to know the real Paul. Sure. Um, you can hear that I have not particularly got the Canadian lilt, so I am from the UK. And um, I start off my life as actually a commercial lawyer. Um, and I was a partner for 11 years. Uh, I then quit that to be become a kite surf instructor. So that was a, a big change. Um, and we then actually had a kite surfing business, which was both in the UK and the Cayman Islands. And uh, we... Uh, we, we, we left there and um, we came back to Canada and basically we, we were teachers on a Indian, Native American Indian reserve for five years. So that was a, quite an experience. And uh, as I said to Chris off air, that actually most of January we spent under minus 40 degrees. Wow. So. Uh, when you have to dress up like an astronaut to go and put the trash out, it really is quite something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so you were uh, a commercial lawyer partner for a little bit. What made you step out of the, the corporate role and, you know, on your own kite surfing business? Well, um, basically kiting was my hobby and, um, being a commercial lawyer, you have to be pretty tough. You have to be mm. in there sort of cracking walnuts on your biceps and, uh, it's kill or be killed. And uh, after about 10 years of it, I just realized that actually I was turning into somebody I really didn't like. Mm. And uh, I thought, well, I've got a choice. I can either stay doing this for the rest of my life. I had all the, I was a partner, I had the, the trappings of wealth, but I was actually pretty unhappy. And so I thought, well, the recession came along in the mid 90s and it basically took out my market. So I decided that actually that would be a very good time to jump into something else. So I uh, took myself off to the Dominican Republic to do an intensive uh, kite surfing instructor's course. Um, I was age 35 when I did that. So you had all these bronze, you know, tan gods and goddesses walking around and 18 and 19. And there was this pasty white Englishman who had sort of been been in the air-conditioned environment for most of his working life. And I was like, what am I doing? But uh, I got through it. Yeah, I bet bet you were sticking out kind of like a sore thumb on that beach, huh? Yeah, because, you know, being English, I I, I don't have an easy passage to a tan. I usually go bright red first. So it's always a pain barrier I need to sneak through to get a tan in the first place. So, um, yeah, no, it, yeah. And, but to be honest, you know, everyone was out there for a reason and yeah. I met people who I've stayed in touch even today. And that was sort of years ago. So kite surfing, pretty much like surfing stuff is a real community. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So something that, that really stuck out in, in that brief story, uh, you, you mentioned, you realized you were unhappy. Obviously you were going down a path that you didn't feel was going to add value to your life. Like how did you have that self-awareness? Cause I, I talked to a lot of people that are, you know, 40, 50, 60 and they seem unhappy and they wish they stepped out sooner. So how did you have that self-awareness? Basically I just 
I just caught myself doing things where I actually had to stop and think, wow. I mean, I remember some poor person on the other end of the phone was getting bludgeoned to death by me in some deal. And I put the phone down and, okay, I won all my points, but it just felt like I just, you know, it wasn't necessary. And I know just, it just sunk in that actually it was more a game because commercials tends to follow negotiations. Mm. And, and um, I got to the point where actually I was just thinking, I'm good at what I do, but I don't want to do this because it's changing other areas of my life. Mm. Um, it would have been nice if it just stayed in one compartment, but it doesn't do that. It tends to leak out into everything else. And I was finding my relationships and my family life and, and, and my friend life, they were all suffering um, because I put this armor on to do the work every day, but after a while, I, it, I, it's like I couldn't take it off. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. What advice did you have out there for somebody who, you know, maybe be unhappy with their, with their position and family lives may be suffering and, and they do want to kind of get out of that, that role that they're in, but they feel stuck? Yeah, it's, it's all a question of balance. And, and, and actually, what is important in your life? Now, where I am now, and we'll get to how I arrived at this place, but where I am now is that I am entirely an advocate of finding your inner passion and purpose um, and listening to that little voice inside because actually it's got your best interests at heart, but you choose to ignore it because of all the other things and, you know, I had a couple of sports cars and la, 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 la. It doesn't actually make a jot of difference um, because um, (laughs) kite surfing was my passion. I loved it. I felt free. It didn't pay well, but I didn't join and become a kite surf instructor for the money. I did it because actually that's what I wanted to do. And the biggest fear about making a transformation like that, which everyone says is finance. Oh, well, I would love to do that, but I can't because... Mm. You, you can, if it's like most things, if you want it badly enough, you will find a way. And I found a way to basically shed my, my rich skin yeah. and um, actually completely ground yourself. Um, and then you don't worry about the things you do. You know, the money tends to take care of itself because you're so busy enjoying what you're doing that that isn't actually, I mean, if you wrote a list of things of what was important, that doesn't really figure too high up. And there's this real beautiful moment where, and I, which actually really brought it home. I was in the Cayman Islands and it's a very beautiful place. People save up all year to get maybe one or two weeks in paradise. And so I was teaching this guy to kite surf. And uh, he said, said, oh, man, I'm going back to the office next week and the commute and everything else. And he was in a very well-paying job. And I had literally, uh, I didn't have very much money in the bank. But I was like, well, I spend my whole life here now. Mm. And I don't have to pay a save and and take the grind to have a a three or four-week escape somewhere. Yeah, that's such an interesting perspective shift too. You know, he he was probably dreading going back and you were just, hey, this is my perspective. This is my life and I'm blessed to have it. 
Absolutely. And and it was a it was a complete polar shift because mm. I was that person and saving up all, you know, scrimping and doing the extra hours because I'm going to enjoy myself on my week off. He'd already halfway through the week started thinking about going back. So his brain had actually left paradise and it's just his body there. And I just thought, yeah, that's uh, how many days actually did he spend on vacation? Yeah, that's a good point. How, how do you think you can keep the mindset of the, you know, the vacation mindset for that whole week um, that you're on that? Or are you kind of, there's there no way to do that in, if you're obsessed with work like that? Well, I think everyone has something else they're interested in other than work because people, people have, they have hobbies, they have other things to do. And if you can always find something which is slightly different, I, I sort of started realizing I wanted to come out of the law and I started thinking, well, what would I like to do if I had complete choice? Cause I could pick anything. You, anyone can pick anything. Mm. And I thought, well, that looks good fun because it's, it looks very, it's very visual. And actually, one of the reasons I really got into kite surfing is because it's England, you have to dress up in a wetsuit. <laughs> so you're completely anonymous hmm. and no one can reach you. You, ha- you. you can't take your phone with you. And um, it's, it was a, just this whole feeling of escaping. Yeah, and you were actually feeling free at that time, you know? Yeah, and and the thing is, you can get that feeling if you totally immerse yourself in something that you're interested in. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter what age you are, because people will say, "Oh, I'm too old," and I was 35. You know, that I was kind of like at the pinnacle of what I could have done. Um, and the big thing also is realizing when you do make a change like that nothing's going to happen, which is irreversible. Mm. It's not written in stone. There's no, the, the only pressure you have is the pressure you put on yourself. Mm. And a lot of people are programmed from a very early age without even knowing it by their paradigms and running in the, running in the background. And they follow a path like I did. I went to school. I went to university. I went and got a good job. So I kind of ticked all the, all the boxes of what you do. And, uh, and so I thought, well, actually, um, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and everyone gets to a point. Everyone has their own different breaking point, And you get to a point where you're like, that is it. It's enough. If I have to take one more phone call or one more abusive email or anything else, you just think that is my lot. And once you make that decision, you've already started the path to your next destination. Mm. Like the guy who was thinking, oh, I've got to go back to work. He'd already started on his journey back home. Um, I did a video recently about what is success. And success, as far as I can see it, is the minute you decide that you want to do something. I use Michael Phelps as an example. When was success? Was it when he won his gold medals? Or was it when the minute he decided, I'm going to get in the pool and I'm going to train for the next four years and I'm going to win myself a gold medal? And so the gold medal is actually just a recognition Mm. of the work and effort. So his success, it's a reward for it, but it started when he made that conscious decision, this is what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, I love that. That's a really good. I saw that video too, by the way, on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's. Uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. It just and and again, it was just a thought that popped into my head, and and I've got so used to now listening to the little voice that every time I hear it, I write it down mm. or I actually go with it. And it's, it's like a muscle. Uh, the more I do it, the more and better ideas seem to come through. They're not all gold. There are some not so good ideas, but the fact is it's, it, there's a lot more than there used to be. And I kind of have an image in my head that it's like a, a little child uh, tugging on you saying, oh, you know, dad, dad, I've got this idea. And if you say, no, sorry, I'm too busy, I can't listen, the child will walk off and it won't feel confident about coming back and telling you when they have their next idea. So I kind of embrace it and say, yes, what's your idea? Mm. And they like, oh, they feel good. They feel like they're validated and it makes it stronger. It makes it flow better the next time. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I really liked what you mentioned, just the Michael Phelps example. I think I get questions a lot of times just uh, on personal finance. And I think well, being wealthy all starts with a mindset to the day that you decide of, hey, I'm going to turn things around. I'm going to start saving. I'm going to start budgeting. Same with success. It, it really starts when you have that first initial thought of, you know what? I'm not going to put up with any more quote unquote BS. And I'm going to start actually doing the work and doing the actions how to get to that next level. So it's quite empowering. And, and, and actually, you don't quite realize at the time what you've stumbled onto, but you, you've kind of stumbled your way onto the yellow brick road. Yeah. And, 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 and Steve Jobs came, we had a brilliant co uh, uh, quote, which says, you, you never see the dots going forward. You only see the dots when you look backwards. And that's such a good thing. And people say, oh, the, with the benefit of hindsight, well, that was obvious. I can guarantee you at the time it's anything but obvious. But when you look back at your path, you're like, well, that was obviously what was going to happen. But um, you've got to actually, you know, have faith and believe in yourself. Yeah. Because, you, you know, there, you, you can get another job. Jobs, there's always going to be work in the world. Always. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. It just matters where you want to do it and what you want to do. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I feel like when people are trying to take that risk initially, it's, oh, I would, but I can't because, or I don't think it'll work because. I think you got to take that because out of your vocabulary, you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's certain words which you can just delete and don't say, I can't. You just, whatever. Mm. Whatever happens, whatever you are asked to do, remove I can't or I've got to. Because they're things which are actually... They, 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 they imply duress, stress from you rather than I'd like to, or yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying don't have boundaries, but what I am saying is that actually you have to draw a line in the sand for yourself and uh, people will respect that. Yeah. Especially how, how can you get people to believe in your goal, or your vision, if you can't even believe in it yourself? Exactly. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like a salesman who has to go off and sell a product he doesn't actually truly believe in. It doesn't matter how talented he is. It's just not going to be authentic enough. Um, and with social media, that's just made it like you can hide behind this perfect personality or everything's on finance. You look like you're having a rock style lifestyle. But they don't know what happens, you know, in the evening, you're laying awake in bed and things like that. 
And I, as a lawyer, I had sleepless nights when I had, I had to actually have a pad of paper next to the bed so that when I woke up in the middle of the night, I could write things down because my head would be so jam-packed with things. And I must admit, I haven't done that for years now. Yeah. And it's nice. Yeah, actually having uh, more of a cool-off, less stressful period, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, and okay, I went into sort of, my dad came, my dad's a fantastic guy, and he came out with this beautiful quote. Um, he said, I said, Dad, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit the law, and I'm going to become a kite surf instructor. And he said, well, son, you're an ass, but now you're going to become a bum, <laughs> which I thought was just wonderful. It made, <laughs> yeah, that's... It made me laugh. It does make me laugh even now. I mean, he, he, they were very supportive. I mean, my friends thought I was stir fry crazy. I mean, you know, they're like, why? You're giving up a six-figure salary. You've got your sports cars. You've got your, your nice home. What are you doing? But, you know, you find new friends. You find new friends in the place where you are going, and they will pull you through, and they will accept you into whatever community they are because you've got, all got something in common. You want to do something. And, you know, a kite surf instructor, it's in the service sector still. So you're still serving people, which has been something I've always wanted to carry on doing. Um, so it's got a different badge on it. But as a lawyer, you're serving the clients. You're making sure yeah. they're safe. As a kite surf instructor, you're making sure they have fun, make sure it's safe. So it, it's not that different when you really think about it. Yeah. How did you get through just that initial judgment of your colleagues asking, you know, what are you doing? You have the sports car, you have the house. How did you get past that initial judgment of them? Well, the good thing is I just handed the keys back to the dealer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. And I said, there you go. Take the car. And cause you know, I got to the point in the finance that was fine. And I wanted to travel and I had a house. So I thought I'm going to, I'm going to rent it out. So I did that. And I then had a tenant who was, one tenant, so I was very lucky, who stayed with that property for nine years. And, and all I wanted to do is have enough money to pay the mortgage. I wasn't yeah. interested in making the money particularly. I just wanted that safe. And so I was able to actually take back the house a couple of years ago and sell it. So actually, I had to thank myself 10 years earlier for actually having half a brain to actually do that because when it, it the, the property went up in 10 years and so it provided a real nice bit of money um and if i'd have had the money at the time i'd have spent it because that's what happens the more you earn the more you spend it doesn't matter if you get a wage increase you still will actually end up spending that wage increase yeah and um and and so it's it's a habit it's all it is it's a habit and uh if you change it and i i mean i went to live in little cayman in the summer, there's less than a hundred people that live on the island. Mm. So you know, you kind of figure out what's important. I didn't. I didn't have a phone. Who, who am I going to call? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I knew was there, and so you know, it's a really good way of just actually getting in touch with who you are before you got pulled into into sort of what you think is the herd mentality, what everyone else does. It's very easy to follow the herd. I I, I saw a great quote the other day. Uh, follow leaders don't follow followers mm. and i just thought that was just such a good thing because lots of people just sleepwalk their way into it because that's what actually everyone else does yeah well you know you don't have to do that and 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 as i said before it doesn't matter what age you are 
Um, I now look at my friends in the in the law, and they're they're grey. They they can they look battered. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I sort of I'm quite capable of bouncing in, and I'm like, man, well, you know, whoa. And and a lot of them actually have said to me, do you know, I wish I had the balls to do what you did. Mm. Um, it doesn't require balls. It just requires being fed up to such an extent that your determination overpowers your comfort zone. Gotcha. Your determination overpowers your comfort zone. I love that. Because it's very easy to get comfy. Even if you are not going anywhere and you feel trapped, you think, oh, well, you know, it's safe. I'm getting this. I'm getting a pension, all that. They're all, they're all nice illusions to, to make yourself feel better about actually the situation, which sometimes you just simply outgrow it. It's not anyone's fault. It's just that you as a person are evolving and changing. And maybe if you've gone into a career, you went in with the best intentions and everything, but you've just come out of college. And so you were young and keen and everything. But as, as you get older, different things change and that's okay. It's better to realize that actually, you know, you're a square peg in a, re- in a round hole than not. Yeah. Before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life is pretty short. I mean, I had my, my, my own, my own mortality flashed very vividly before my eyes two years ago. And, uh, you know, you really cannot take for granted that tomorrow is going to come. There is no entitlement. There is no owed to you. It's just, you get up and do what you can. Yeah. Makes sense. And, you know, I, I, you just touched on that experience and, and you and I talked about it via phone yeah. call a couple of weeks ago. And I, I honestly about dropped my phone from hearing this story. Um, thank God I didn't because I just bought it um, first off. So uh, <laughs> additionally, though, you know, for I would love if, you know, you wouldn't mind sharing that same story. And it's obviously shaped, you know, your vision and, and mission that you have today. So uh, for sure. I mean, two years ago, um, in March, just gone, my family and I were in North Quebec. I just picked up my little two-year-old from daycare. And we're driving home, and uh, we passed over a rail crossing, and a train hit the car which we were in. Um, completely destroyed the car. Um, my wife and I were on life support for 10 days. Mm. Um, it was very touch and go whether I was actually going to make it through. So much so that the doctors told my parents before they got on their plane from England to come over to Canada that when they arrived, that they would actually mostly have to make the ultimate decision. Mm. And so I can only imagine as a parent what that must feel like. Um, and it's actually quite a nice story in that um, my wife woke up first. So we were. 10 days into our sleep, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, and uh, my wife woke up first. And so she came down to my bedside. I, I was unconscious. She can't remember it. But the next day I woke up and the doctors, when my parents turned up and said, forget everything we said before the other day, he's awake. And we said, we don't know how or why, because we did nothing differently. So we're going to call this a miracle. And that's where my journey started. Because when I did woke up, something had changed. Mm. Um, and as cheesy as this is going to sound, 
the first thing I wanted to do was to see if I could help other people. At the time, I had a broken neck, broken back, smashed skull, um, and I couldn't walk, forgotten how to walk. So um, it was, and I didn't know for, for weeks, actually, who I was, where I was. And, um, and because of the result of that, I now have a severe TBI, which um, stands for traumatic brain injury. I only say that because... I had no clue what a TBI stood for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also suffer from acute PTSD, and so um, it's changed me very much so. But um, what I've discovered actually is that I have found a purpose. Um, and my purpose is to help and empower other people to find their passion and their purpose because living with a purpose is just quite an amazing feeling and and i i don't mean to be condescending or or anything but you know it took me 47 years to find this so and i kind of thought i knew what was going on and uh, so this is not a job for me this is the rest of my life and as long as i'm drawing breath i'm going to try and help people and there's a lot of work to be done because trauma affects everyone. At the moment, the crisis we're going through, that is trauma. And trauma is defined as anything that overwhelms. It doesn't have to be you know, bells and flutes of train crashes. It could be financial. It could be emotional. It can be spiritual. It can be physical. And that is something which actually unfortunately we are not equipped to deal with because we've never been schooled or trained in how to deal with things like that. And this is something that you can't run away from. You can't fly away for it to another destination. You can't talk your way out of it. You can't buy your way out of it. It's actually all embracing. And there's, there's a lot of people who are suffering and, and, in, and, and having problems. The good thing is that, I've had two years of sort of an up and down journey of struggle. And I've if I can bottle that and actually help somebody else, then that's what I want to do. Yeah. So that's, that's an action packed story. I mean, so much to obviously pull out of that. What, I mean, what was it like? Yeah. So, you know, when I woke up, everything was different because um, everything I had had up until that stage was gone. Um, and when people say life changing injury, I had no idea what actually that really meant, but I had to move to another part of Quebec because the medical facilities here for the specialists we needed were here. So we had to, we had to sort of change everything. And we were also very, very badly injured indeed. So, I mean, our whole life was run by medical appointments. We had appointments every day. So the first six, seven, eight months was purely around whatever medical person needed to see. And I've had a seven-hour brain operation um, to get all the uh, exploded parts of my skull out of the brain. I even, this, is, this will really make your, uh, your, your, your listeners squeamish. I had an operation on both eyes because effectively I got hit my head so hard that the eyeballs moved around. So they had to basically wow. take them and straighten them out because I saw double for two years. Um, and so, it, you know, it, it's, been, it's been a struggle. It's been, and 
the with PTSD again, I kind of thought this was just something that military people got, but um, I am noise sensitive, which means any loud bang or metallic sound, it just sends me completely. My nervous system goes completely crazy, um, and it's because it actually is scared to death. Now I realize why that even though I lost consciousness in the accident the brain still records everything that went on. So it's the flashbacks I get are not like Hollywood where you get the visual stuff occasionally, but mainly it's sensations and emotions. So Mm. I know and one of my big flashbacks is being crushed inside the car. And so I... I can feel it on my body and usually it just, just for, just for giggles, it sends a big shoot shot of pain through me as well. Mm. So what that has shown me is how powerful the brain is if it's actually left to that type of devices. So I kind of thought, well, what happens if I turn that power and that, that brain energy into doing good? So I did make a conscious decision to think, right, this is not how I am going to live. This is not how my future is. I'm going to do what I can. Now, I haven't been able to do any work because actually I've got about an hour or two of actual decent work in me and then that's it. Mm. And so the environment is my biggest challenge. So when coronavirus came along and everyone's like, oh, we got to be isolating. Well, to be honest, that's kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of years, staying away from people and loud noises. So I've had a bit of practice. So when people say to me, so how's things going? Uh, Yeah, not much change on my thing, apart from what I've decided to do. And this is going to be hopefully something which your listeners will be able to take on board is that I've decided that I don't know what's coming next. Nobody does. But I'm using this time like preparation mm. for, for an event. So I am learning things and absorbing information, reading books, looking at courses online and things like that, because you've got to spend the time doing something. Now, you can either, you can either spend that time being terrorized by the television and the news. Yeah. We all know what's going on. We we don't need to know. We you know we got we got the picture now. But actually, let's again make that conscious decision to say right. This I'm going to get really get to know my industry, whatever it is. Really be the master of it. Whether it's taking additional courses, doing some reading, this is the time to level up because we're going back into an environment where no one will know where to start. But if you just happen to say, well, look, actually that time I spent on myself and there's a lot of self-compassion in there as well, that actually this is, a, this is an opportunity. We don't get many breaks in our careers to actually say, right, we're going to stop and we're going to see, do I want to go back to this? Do I like how it is? Do I actually like working from home now? Do I like this flexi time? And it, it could actually turn out to be an employee's market yeah. because things are going to change. Now, you may not have to do that long commute anymore. 
Um, And so this is a great time to really increase your knowledge, increase your marketability, because, Mm. you know, we don't know what jobs are going to be and who's going to be in demand on the other side of this. Um, And I think it's kind of touching on what we've said before, that actually this may be that moment where you start to say, right, I'm going to start being successful from this minute onwards. Screw what's going on. I'm just going to concentrate on myself. And then when we are actually able to do it, I'm going to be, I'm going to come out a different person to the person I went in. And the person I'm going to be is better. Don't, I'm not talking version 2.0. We want version 5.0. We want you to be so damn hot and ready to go for it that actually people will be begging you to go to work for them, not the other way around. Yeah, for sure. I I love that what you mentioned of actually utilizing the time that you have instead of watching the news or just watching TV all day, actually reading the books, doing the courses, learning new material because, you know, you hear the expression all the time, you you are what you eat. Same thing with personal development. You are what you consume. So why not consume quality content? Absolutely, because watching the news is equivalent to having junk food. Oh, yeah. And and and. <laughs> What and, and the news doesn't stop. You know, you can turn it on any time. And I stopped watching the news when actually it looks more like my four-year-old's cartoon network than it does the news. So, so you know, I, I love that point of, you know, this is nutrition for you and your mind. This is the time. And there's so many courses at the moment which are slashed. So they're like, you can pick up these courses for very cheap money. Yeah. Because everyone wants people to come on them. I mean, and so you there's never been mostly a time when there is as much content available. Yeah. And you you can start again. This is your chance to say, right, actually, I, I'm gonna, I'm interested in this. I'm gonna study that now. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So you know, obviously the the story with the with the you know terrific accident is just you know incredible and you know, recovery as well you know, what steps did you take the, the first couple initial months? Cause I know that could be extremely difficult, you know, to kind of get right back on the track. To be honest, I, I never got on track yeah. ever again. Um, what I, what I have learned and again, this is the benefit of hindsight is that, um, that life ended mm. two years ago. And what has happened is another life has stepped up and taken its place. Um, and it didn't, I had to relearn everything from scratch. Mm. I didn't know when any of my boundaries were. I didn't know what I could and couldn't do. And I'm still learning that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not anywhere near a finished item at the moment. Um, and <laughs> what, what you actually work out, again, it's who cares? It's you got to work out on what is important. Like, uh, people are like, oh, when are you going to go back to work? And you're like, well, do you know what? I've got other things I'm worried about other than work, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, and again, it's a question of, and I already had that sort of almost free spirit attitude, but with, with what's happened, um, my whole sets of programming, which I spoke about before, they all got washed away. And so I had to plant a whole new load. And that's where the similarities are where we are at the moment in that all the things that served you up to that point 
won't work anymore. Mm. And it's, it takes, it takes a brave look inside to think, yeah, actually I need to sort some stuff out. I need to do my own internal housekeeping here and the stuff I've been keeping just because I'm keeping hold of it. Well, that's got to go because I need to bring in new stuff. My, my psychiatrist said this to me at the time. He said, uh, you've had this set of armor, which has helped you out and all your things you've had in life. And he said, you've never known how to fail. Mm. And I said, well, yeah, of course I have. I've had my setback. She said, no, 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 no. This is what I mean by failure. Something you can't run away from, something you can't talk your way out of, something you have no control over the outcome. And he said, your armor won't work anymore, but don't worry, we're going to build you a new set. And this set, you can go through anything, mm. but it's going to take time. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take, it's, it's not going to be easy, but it will make you a better person. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of adopting that new mindset and adapting to the situation at hand. Yeah, because the, the like most things in life, if there is no retreat, so you can't go back, so you've burnt your bridges. Yeah. There is only one way. And I, I forget, I think it was, I think it might've been Napoleon Hill who said that um, there was this fleet who sailed across to conquer a country. And when they arrived on the shore to invade, the commanders ordered that their boats be burnt. Mm. And then they said to the, the, the soldiers, well, we've got no way home, so we can only win. There is no other choice. Wow. So I think when you actually, I know it's, pretty, <laughs> pretty, it's intense, a pretty brave yeah. man to set fire your own way home. <laughs> but, you know, the idea of, well, actually, I've burnt those bridges. I cannot go back. There is, you know, I'm not going to resuscitate that. I have to go forward and I have to find a new way of working and living and operating. Mm. And I don't, I, anyway, hindsight again, it's been two years and it's only now when somebody asked me, well, would you change it? So I asked that question a little while ago. Would you change it? If you had your chance, would you go back and not have that accident? And my answer now shocks me because I said, no, mm. I actually, you know, as, as horrible and as destructive and, and as it is, I feel a lot better person as a human being, to be honest. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I, I th there are, there are a lot simpler <laughs> ways of, of doing that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How, so ever since our first initial conversation we had a few weeks ago, I ultimately, mm -hmm realize just even the first 60 seconds that you're a very positive individual obviously you know you just touched on your story and gone through a very dramatic experience how do you maintain such a positive perspective on life right now it's um it's quite it, uh, it's actually become easier and easier um first thing is that even if you're a positive you can have bad days and off days you don't have to be positive every second of the day uh so you know Life happens, but I've, I, I've started developing morning rituals, which I've never had before, uh, where actually, and I have a gratitude journal, which every morning I wake up and I write every day, 10 things I'm grateful mm. for. And 
it what it's kind of does it, it's it's like doing a warm-up before you go and play a sports event yeah your brain is ready and it's thinking in this gratitude and it's already got that mindset and I look forward to it now and it doesn't take very long. It really doesn't. And then I, I then for five minutes, I'm quiet and I just close my eyes and I let thoughts come and go mm. and I don't pay any attention to them, but I try and listen to hear if there's any, if there's a voice talking and sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. And I write that down mm. because I may not act on it then, but when I go back and read it, I think, well, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And so that kind of gets you going. And that once you start off like that, you kind of feel like you start off on the right foot. And I've also been getting into meditations yeah. and stuff. And, and, and it's a really good way. And again, you don't have to do, you don't have to sit cross-legged or anything like that. You can just, you can just relax. You, you know, you, you just let things not affect you. And, what it actually starts to get you to do is it starts to pull you out of the reaction phase where you are constantly being dragged around by your environment. Oh, oh my phone's just gone. I've got to reply yeah. straight away. And what it actually gets you, it puts you instead of actually thinking, well, how am I going to respond to this? Maybe I won't deal with it until later. And so you change by just a very sort of like half click how you actually are going to be that day and uh it stops you having arguments it stops you you know because you if somebody says something to you or you get an email or somebody puts a bad comment on your posting you're like oh well actually you think okay well fair enough i'm not going to react to it because i'm not going to let it have that power over me um and even if you just try it for a day see how it goes and and you'll be surprised. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you on the morning routine. I, I have a pretty solid one myself. I don't write the 10 gratitudes, but I write three or four, spend some time in meditation yeah. two to three times a week. And I'll tell you, there's an exponential difference on the days I do spend that 15, 20 minutes actually just in quiet time, letting my thoughts actually, you know, come up and just not letting things affect me. And I mean, today is a prime example. I, I had a nice, you know, gratitude journal, meditation in the morning. Like this was by far the best day of the week and you know we even had some situations occur uh, a couple minutes ago with the connection and we could have obviously reacted to that in a negative fashion but i think both you and i were just like oh well you know we'll, we'll fix it it's fine because we were yeah. so grounded it, it will sort itself out <laughs> yeah so and 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 what it what it gets you to do is actually prioritize what you're gonna spend your energy on and it's like well beforehand I'm not going to spend the energy on that. I'm going to spend it on what I choose to do rather than as a, as a reaction. Um, and, and also trusting the universe. Mm. Um, I mean, I, if you put out good, good comes back in sure. really weird ways. I took a call today uh, from somebody said, I'll oh, just jump on zoom. And it ended up somebody offering me a keynote speech. And I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't even go hunting for yeah. it. And, and, and I was like, wow, okay, yeah, sure, I'm up for doing that. But actually, it's not something I went to actually go and get. <clears throat> but I, I said to myself afterwards, do you know what? That is the universe bringing to me what actually I want. Yeah. 
and 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 it it's not always how you think it's going to be and it's not in the time you think it's going to be because somebody said oh you know just want can you jump on i'm talking to x and you know do you want to jump on oh, yeah fine and then i didn't realize what i was walking into and boom yeah so it, it, it's and 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 the thing is when you start seeing these little things start to happen you're like yeah actually this has got some momentum behind it and it makes you confident again to do it even more and more and uh yeah it, it it's it's because since the accident i've become a lot more spiritual <laughs> go figure yeah um beforehand it was sort of something i'd write on my cv yeah i'm spiritual um but you know now i kind of understand it a lot more and you know I think it's quite arrogant of us to think, oh, there's, we are it and there's nothing else there. So um, I think if you, if you, you know, if you're going to believe in something, believe in yourself and just hand it over to your subconscious. Yeah. Um, and if you read any of the books by Think and Grow Rich by mm. Napoleon Hill and things like that, these are the, like the keystone uh, moments of this personal development industry. And that was written in the early 1900s. Yeah. But it's still absolutely on the money. And it's like, you know, trust yourself. Right. Basically. Um, so there's a, you know, if you, if, if your readers pick up that book and, and, and to us, it's on, it's on YouTube. It's everywhere. You, you don't have to actually spend. You, that's the nice thing. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't need anyone's help you can just actually go and find everything you need yourself. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with, uh, I mean, what, what like general advice do you have out there for people who, you know, maybe going through some tough situations, aren't really comfortable where they are right now. And really, you know, just trying to grow, whether it's in their career that they are happy with their business, their personal life, you know, you're a very grounded individual. I've learned so much from you, even just talking on my the phone with you the other day, especially this episode. I mean, what general advice do you have out there to kind of help everyone get lay a better foundation? I, I think, first of all, you've got to realize and wake up to the fact that you're not happy. Um, a lot of people put up with being unhappy when they actually don't have to do that. And if you're not sure, reach out. There is people out there, there's people like me out there who would be happy to talk, give you advice, put you on a different track. And sometimes you just come into contact with people who happen to be on another trajectory and it only takes a phrase or something like that to stick in your mind. So I'd be open to opportunities. If you see, so if something bad happens, don't look at it as bad look at it and question it. Is it actually an opportunity dressed up in a bad event? Um, and if you are able to start looking at things like that, your whole world will start to turn around. And, you know, there's, there's, there's Chris here, there's me and anything that sort of resonates, you know, we are happy to put you on the right path, share some wisdom with you. And, you know, that, that is actually what it's about. Um, it's not a financial, you know, he owes, that owes. It, it, it's, it's more than that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think believe in yourself and then have the strength to actually 
look outside yourself and just put one hand out for help. Yeah. And I love that quote you mentioned earlier too, the determination overpowers your comfort zone. I really like that. Yeah. It's uh, some people call it being bloody minded, but I'll, I'll put determination, <laughs> but you know, everyone has a, everyone has a, as a, as a, a point where they say, that's it. I, I, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the skill is recognizing it's on its way and doing something before it hits because it's like a wall and it will hurt. So if you can actually sidestep or open the door, which is in the wall and walk through it, take the easy option. Don't just try and blast yourself through the wall because it won't work. Yeah. And I think you can acquire that self-awareness from, you know, the gratitude journal, from writing things down, from the meditation, from conversations like this. I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, where do I even gather what I want to do or find your purpose? I think you start finding that from those three or four things that we mentioned just a second ago, you know? Yeah. I think when you start pulling on one thread, you'll be amazed at all the other things which will start to come and, and they just fall into place. But you have to, like most things, the first step is the biggest and actually the bravest because it takes some guts to actually think, well, I'm going to do something to change this. When you start doing that, if you're going to fall, you're going to fall forward, not backwards because your momentum is taking you forward. Yeah. So fall forward. Someone will catch you. And it's a damn sight better than falling backwards. I agree. You just have to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So where can everyone find your book? I know it's, you know, you've shared it on LinkedIn a few times and you have some great YouTube videos. Where can people connect with you and all your uh, content? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the platform I'm most sort of active on at the moment is LinkedIn. Um, and it's just Paul Rogers. Um, for those of you, of you who can't see me, I'm a pretty unique looking individual. I have a white guy with dreadlocks, so you won't miss me on that. <laughs> and, um, my books are on Amazon, but I use a pen name of Kate Summers uh, for that. So I'm very happy to go into the def the explanation on that, but uh, maybe another time. But they're on there and they're about self-compassion, uh, which is, of course, something which I'm very keen about. The first book of a five-book series is free, and that's that one there. So it's short, 25 pages, half an hour, an hour read. And uh, yeah, so far... People are really liking it. Facebook. And then finally, I have a website, which is www.takeaction.ca. Takeactionacademy.ca. That was a mouthful, even for me. So I go again, www.takeactionacademy.ca. Gotcha. I love it. I, uh, I'll make sure to put it, the, your LinkedIn link in the show notes. So everyone click on it, check it out. Awesome. And then you'll see all your books on there. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and I welcome anyone to, to message me, Colin, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just happy to try and help people. Yeah. Hey, you know, you really are. I love looking at your content on LinkedIn. It, it definitely adds some positivity to my world, just even reading a couple of your statuses. So thank you, man. Thank you. Definitely. Well, Paul, I've really uh, enjoyed having you on the show today and uh, thank you so much for adding value to the listeners out there. Oh, it's awesome, man. Uh, everyone take care out there. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Hope you all enjoyed. Be sure to enter that contest for a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card. Other than that, hope you all have a fantastic week ahead. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds.